Hello and Namaste. This is your host, Alpesh Parmar, and this is first of the many Wealth Matters podcasts. Wealth Matters podcast would be focused on how to build long-term wealth and how to preserve it. The first podcast would be the introduction to Wealth Matters and my journey so far. I did my undergrad in India and earned Master's in Computer Science from New Jersey. I worked for a corporate job from 2004 through 2009 and I was laid off in July of 2009. It was really devastating for you know my wife and I because we had just purchased our primary residence at the peak of the housing cycle in an expensive market like San Francisco Bay Area. And the property was already underwater by 25% that time. On, of course, top of that, we were expecting our first child in November of that year. This was a blessing in disguise as it was hard to find any full-time employment at that time. So I ended up working as a contractor in IT world. That helped me open my mind to self-employment and I ended up starting IT consulting business. I was now making more money than my W-2 job without any dirty politics or mudslinging. In 2011, we decided to move to a bigger house, but we could not sell our townhouse as it was already underwater. So I had no choice but rent it out, so I became accidental landlord. By managing the property from 2011 to through 2015, it gave me enough knowledge so that I, jump, I can jump onto buying more real estate. So in 2015, I acquired my first rental property in Cleveland, Ohio, which, by the way, was a disaster. I lost most of my investment and barely made any money. If this was someone else, you know, they would, they may go give up. But I, I don't like to quit. I don't give up. So I still bought one more property that year. I bought a couple more single-family residences in 2016 out of state. And I started reading now books as well in 2016. My first book I read was The Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And also I read a lot more books written by Robert Kiyosaki in 2016. Now I was having fun with real estate, so decided to pursue a full-time career, career as investor in alternative investment vehicles like real estate, farms, resorts, precious metals, etc. I wanted to scale up faster, so I ended up acquiring a nine-unit multifamily in March of last year by partnering with my business partner from Software Consulting Business, who is also a very close friend. Believe it or not, I also purchased one more nine-unit building in 2017. By this time, I was attending lots of meetups, workshops, conferences, webinars, and boot camps related to real estate, taxes, 
and alternative investments. I also invested in syndication deals of 180 apartment building, self-storage facility, a coffee farm in Panama, and a resort in Belize in 2017. As you can see, I started moving fast in 2017 and decided that it's time for me to educate my friends about alternative investments. So everything other than Wall Street. Jim Rohn once said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So I started networking with people on bigger pockets, meetups and conferences to build my network and to hang out with like-minded individuals. By the way, I live in San Francisco Bay Area, so I have no choice but invest out of state because I do not like speculation and I prefer cash flow. I'm currently invested in Birmingham, Atlanta, and Dallas, as well as I own some part in Belize as well as Panama. I want to give back by starting this podcast. This podcast would focus on strategies on building wealth, either by active or passive investments. Remember, any active real estate investment is like acquiring a single-family house or multifamily building. It's not a passive investment. You would still have to be involved even though your property manager would be taking care of day-to-day -day operations. I laugh when a turnkey provider or a newbie real estate investor mentions totally passive investment for a rental. My personal recommendation is to have both active and passive investments. And what I mean by that is acquire some properties on your own, be it single family, be it a duplex, fourplex, or 10 units, as well as invest passively with syndicators on larger deals. This would give you nice diversification and also teach you about different strategies of investment. There are so many categories one can choose to get involved in real estate, for example, residential, commercial, industrial, mobile home parks, self-storage, agriculture, land, etc. Even real estate investing can be done via different means, like you can purchase cash, use mortgage, hard money, private money, seller financing, lease options, syndications, note buying, partnering with people, there is still way more. Let's say you want to acquire one to four unit building, right? But how? The only route we have known is through getting the property from realtors or brokers. Do you know you can work with wholesalers, turnkey providers, and even directly with seller to purchase real estate? I was in your boat and took me a while to learn about different ways and different strategies I can use to acquire real estate or participate in a deal. I want to make it easier for people to get educated, but also navigate this world of investing in tangible assets. I want to compare single family houses SFR to multifamily houses MFR 
single family or SFRs would attract bigger pool of buyers as, you know, buyer would can be first time buyer or upgrading or downgrading from current property as well as investors. MFRs would always, you know, attract investors because it's multifamily. In single families, tenant tends to stay longer, reducing cost of turnover, vacancy, leasing, advertising fees. Average is between one to five years. In multifamily, usually you will have short-term tenant. Average is one to three years. Tenant would usually take care of a single-family house because a lot of time they would have pride in renting a nice property in a nice neighborhood. In MFR, tenant may not take care of the property and wouldn't treat like his or her own property. In single-family, if the property is vacant, mortgage and other expenses would be out of pocket for investor. Whereas if you have a, let's say, duplex, triplex, fourplex, or anything more, if you have one vacant unit, the other rented units can cover most or all of the expenses. It's hard to scale up using single-family model as, let's say, finding and closing four single-family house would require investor to go through four different lender or mortgages, four separate closing process, inspection process, etc., Whereas an investor can purchase one four-plex and own four units in one transaction without paying for additional closing costs, appraisal costs, and inspection fees. Property management and accounting can be tricky and cumbersome for single-family if the properties are not located in the same street or same neighborhood. And people like me who own properties all over, we would have to deal with different property management companies, contractors, insurance agents, etc. Whereas in multifamily world, most of the units can be under one roof, reducing complexity involved with property management and accounting. Single families can be located from A to T neighborhoods, whereas multifamilies usually I see are mostly in B and lower neighborhoods. In this podcast, I would be giving snippets of what's coming on Wealth Matters. Another thing I'm interested in is cryptocurrency. If you're like me, you may not know much about Bitcoin. I didn't last year, so I started researching about it. And I ended up with pretty enough material. So let's say I focus on Bitcoin. It's one type of cryptocurrency. It's an electronic or digital currency like euro, yen, and the dollar sitting in the computers at the banks. Cryptocurrency differs from regular electronic currency because it's money built online with blockchain through a decentralized cash system without any defined national barriers. Bitcoin is one of the several cryptocurrencies which were invented to act as a means of exchange like traditional currencies but outside the realm of governments and traditional banks. So why do people have faith in Bitcoin? The technology sounds complicated but before money was used trade was complicated too. 
people bartered using an exchange system that was tediously based upon needs, demands, wants, and willingness to trade goods and services, directly complicating things. It's also relied on physical proximity of the people and goods. Imagine, I have wheat but want onions, but the guy with onions wants eggplant. The lady with eggplant wants wheat. If we all happen to be at the same place at the same time, no issue. We can trade. But if I'm late to market one day, then no one gets what they need and want because the trade cannot happen. Money is the way to make these transactions simpler, more efficient and accessible by buyers and sellers all the time. The word blockchain is used a lot in the description of Bitcoin and explains why it is safe and secure. Basically, a blockchain is a digital ledger for everything of virtual value. A better way to say it is to imagine using an Excel sheet that is multiplied thousands of times across the web of computers logged into a network and regularly and automatically updating all the data. The peer-to-peer -peer network is blockchain-driven. As the user transacts over the network, there is a creation of a block in the chain of transactions throughout the system. Cryptocurrencies are like Internet of 1999. Many of the coins would disappear, but blockchain would survive. And this is why I want to stay involved with blockchain. We will have some focus on cryptocurrencies in, you know, new upcoming episodes. What's the biggest expense we have? It's not mortgage or education. It's taxes. That's another thing I want to focus on. Disclaimer, I am not a CPA or tax advisor, but I have learned enough so I can ask my CPA how I can write this purchase or investment off. I want to legally pay all the taxes I have to, but remembering what Tom Wilright, Robert Kiyosaki's CPA said that Tax rules are series of incentives. And I want to make sure I have taken all of the incentives for my investments. I paid tons of taxes in 2015 and 2016, so I decided to step back and analyze my investment as well as the way I would pay taxes in 2017. I attended a couple of tax workshops as well as went through tax courses by Tom Wilright, Mark Kohler, etc. I acquired enough knowledge that I took home almost same amount of money in 2017, even though I worked part-time in my software business. My gross income, of course, went down significantly, but my net income was pretty similar to 2016. At the same time, I also made tax-free trips to Atlanta, Belize, and Panama to check on my investments. Isn't that amazing? Don't we all want the same so we can spend more time with the family and enjoy our lives? 
I will also be talking a lot about building businesses or your brand and developing positive mindset. There is no reason why anyone cannot start a business. Remember, there is not such a thing as a safe or stable job. I believe in creating second, third, fourth source of income. I've looked into partnering in tons of different businesses this year, like starting a fitness franchise, senior assisted living, and many others. It's very important to have right attitude for building wealth. Hope I can bring ideas for investment and reducing taxes for my listeners. I will also have Ask Alpes podcast once a month as well, where I'll be answering questions from the listeners.